Hey, it's time for voiceover body shop tech talk. 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 Okay, good. He says it when I touch his head. Okay, I know. This is tech talk number 107. More home voiceover studio technology than you could possibly handle in a lifetime. So we bring it out one week at a time or every other week at a time. So it Limited doses. <laughs> yes. Anyway, if you've got a question for us, throw it in the chat room. And Jeff Holman, who you just saw spewing Tech Talk, uh, will get that question to us. And we love getting your questions. So spewing. just, just <laughs> type it into the t- chat room and we'll oh, get yeah, moving yeah. on that. And, uh, you know, it's time for Tech Talk. So stay tuned. We'll be right with it. VoiceOver Body Shop Tech Talk is brought to you by VoiceOverEssentials.com, the home of Harlan Hogan's signature products. Source Elements, the folks who bring you Source Connect. VOHeroes.com. Become a hero to your clients with award-winning voiceover training. VoiceActor.com, your voiceover website ready in minutes. VoiceOver Extra, your daily resource for voiceover success. And by World Voices, the industry association of freelance voice talent. And now, here's your hosts, Dan and George. Hi there, I'm Dan Leonard. And I'm George Whittem. And this is VoiceOver. Body Shop. Or V-O-B-S. Tech Talk. Tech Talk. Tech Talk. Tech Talk. Tech Talk. Tech Talk. If you don't think we have fun doing this show, if it wasn't fun, we wouldn't. If we're not doing entertaining it for ourselves. Years. We're going to stop doing this shit. No, trust exactly. Me. <laughs> well, we have so much to talk about here. But what is it we talk about? If you're just joining us for the first time, one, you've missed 106 fabulous episodes of Tech Talk. Um, but we're going to try and do another one right now and answer your questions and talk about some really cool tech. And what is all this tech about? It's about voiceover and your home voiceover studio. Something, you know, the more George and I talk to clients, people who come to us pleading for help or saying, well, I'll pay you if you can help me do this. Not so much pleading, but asking nicely. <laughs> um, some of them are pleading. Some of them are begging, which is, you know, which is, which is fine. It's nice to be needed. Um, but we talk about home voiceover studio technology because, face it, if you work with a coach, generally we have found that coaches have no idea what they're talking about. They just say, go talk to Dan or George. They know what they're talking about. And why did they say that? Because we do. We've been doing this so long. You know, I came out of broadcasting. George came out of broadcasting and recording and all the other stuff. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing it a long, long time. And applying some of the old rules into modern technology was not a problem. You know, when they came out with digital recording and being able to manipulate things easily within a uh, within a, an audio track, it was like drawing with crayons. You know, it was it was like this is super simple. Apparently not for a lot of you out there. So if you have a question or you have a concern or if you need to build your studio and have no idea where to start, there's two places you can go where you're going to get the right information. Number one is Mr. Whittem's place of employment or place of where he shows himself, and that is? George, the.tech. I spent an inordinate amount of time trying to make a better website, a better mousetrap, and a better set of services, and a better team of people to help you. So you can book my time over there. All of my services now have my name in them, so it's very clear which of them are the ones I'm doing personally versus the ones that we have a whole team doing. Um, so you'll notice that, uh, you'll see that my name attached a whole bunch. So if for some reason you want me to do something specifically for you, then you'll see my name in the list. And if you're not worried about me being part of it, you'll notice there's a whole bunch of other services, most of them named for the product that they're about. Like if you have an audacity problem because you're updated audacity 
for some reason, and now that thing you try to load won't load, or this button ain't there anymore. Well, we got help for you specifically on Audacity from folks who really, really know Audacity. So you can book us all over at georgethe.tech. And Dan's place on the web is... HomeVoiceOverStudio.com, and that says it all. If you, need to, if you have a question about your Home VoiceOver Studio, or really want to learn how to do it right, I've broken it down into three major components, even though part one has two parts. Uh, <laughs> it's stuff that nobody understands and nobody teaches, except for me and George, because we understand it. Other people talk about it. Maybe they have some experience, but not some of the translated old school experience into how it's supposed to sound now. Mm-hmm. Or as we like to say, what it's supposed to sound like. Whistle. And right. uh, you can reach me over there at homevoiceoverstudio.com. And if you have some audio raw, uh, throw it in my specimen collection cup. And I, for $25, I will give you an analysis of your audio and hopefully get it so it sounds... So- important it's gonna sound like you the idea of your home voiceover studio is not to sound great if you're a good voice actor you already sound great the idea is to capture you as you exist so anyway so let's get into the meat of the matter this week on voiceover body shop tech talk Mm -hmm. number 107 what's in george's tech update this week well i've been scraping together some stories and things that i thought might be a little bit helpful for you um for the longest time, I thought it would be really nice to have a pair of wireless headphones that actually work in the context of studio production. It's so crazy to me that there have been no studio headphones that will work for audio production in a studio. And the reason is, is the wireless headphones that you see are all for consumers, all using Bluetooth. Bluetooth doesn't necessarily sound bad, but Bluetooth has a serious issue with latency. This is why you can't wear headphones that use Bluetooth to monitor your own signal. You will have a horrible delay and you can't use it for being in sync to video. So if you're trying to dub something or work in sync with something, that ain't going to work either, right? Well, finally, Yamaha decided, well, we should be the ones to make this product. And they are, and it's called the YHWL500. Um, I was checking out, um, let's go a little screen share just so you can see. It's actually funny. There's nothing really to look at. It just looks like a regular bog standard pair of studio headphones, right? It's like a pair of headphones to me, but yeah, just looks like a Yamaha logo. Exactly. Um, but what makes it unique is of course that it is fully, fully wireless. It's got a charging base that the micro, that the headphones sit in when you're not using them. So they stay charged. But the thing that they're not showing pictures of, which I find weird because this is a part of what makes it special, is the fact that it has its own wireless transmitter. Where that thing is in these pictures, well, they just, for, they just forgot to take a picture of it. <laughs> but it has its own uh, wireless transmitter that plugs into the device that you want to send it audio, right? And so that becomes a dedicated feed. So, like, for example, you would plug that wire tr- wireless transmitter into the headphone jack of your Scarlett 2i2 or your audio interface of choice, whatever it is. And now these headphones will run completely wireless uh, seven hours on a charge with four milliseconds of latency. That means if you're monitoring yourself, which we often tell you is not a good idea, but some of you still do for various reasons, this will let you do that with a very, very, well, you won't notice the latency. You will not notice the delay that you hear of your own voice. And because it's using its own wireless technology separate from Bluetooth. So it's cool to see that happen. 350 bucks. I have no idea if it's worth that for these headphones. I haven't heard them. Yamaha's not exactly known for headphones. I'm sure they can make a competent pair of headphones, but I can't vouch for the, how they sound, what they feel like, etc. So if you do get them, Get them with a return policy. Buy them somewhere like Sweetwater where you know you can return them if you don't like them and report back and let us know what you think of these things. But, uh, oh, they also do double, though. They do double as um, wireless Bluetooth headphones. So they do both. Which is nice. Okay, yeah. Yamaha, send us a pair. Damn, <laughs> damn straight. Um, it, it, it will take a line in as well. Yeah. So it's a cool. Bluetooth line in, traditional headphone, and a wireless headphone all at the same time. 
All in its um, own frequency, yeah. Yeah. I was going to talk a little bit about 32-bit float recording because, and I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about what it is, how it works, and why to use it, but people are hearing the buzz so much, and they're hearing so much about the new Rode NT1 5th Gen microphone with a built-in 32-bit float recording capable USB interface. Ah, there's a mouthful. That they're seeing, oh, wait a minute. In Adobe Audition, when I make a new file, it says 32-bit float. I, I already have it, right? No, you don't. Um, <laughs> yes, you technically do when you choose to make a new file in Adobe Audition, and I think even Audacity, the default file format, it may be 32-bit float. It may actually call it 32-bit float. And that's all well and good. But unless the AD converter, the USB audio interface, or the USB microphone you're using to record with is capable of capturing data in that way, all you're doing is taking a very, very big photograph of a very, very small <laughs> postage stamp right you're like at a huge huge format camera that's incredibly detailed and the subject is a postage stamp in the middle of the frame little little like that. that's all you're doing when you record with 32-bit float it's a tremendous amount of extra wasted data with absolutely no benefit for fidelity so if you're using 32-bit float recording you have to understand the whole signal chain from microphone to computer and how the computer software you're using interprets the 32-bit float. So stay tuned because I will be getting a Rode NT1 5th Gen microphone. I will be putting it through its paces. I'll be doing videos about it and you'll know about it first here because I'll be telling you all about it. And so you can understand if you do buy one of these mics, how you're going to make it work in Twisted Wave in Adobe Audition. Does it work in Audacity? I don't know. Does it work in Reaper? I don't know. Haven't tried it yet. So We'll, we'll, we'll bring you more information as we get it because I want to do some demystifying around 32-bit float recording. Um, speaking of bits, 16-bit WAV files should not be confused with 128 kilobit per second MP3s. Explain two, the difference. <laughs> two very different things with very similar names and they get confused on the regular. I had a client recently, she said, I've been recording everything in Wave. The client wants an MP3. I save it as an MP3 as a, she wrote, 16-bit MP3. And then I play it back in QuickTime, and it sounds really weird and bizarre. Like, I didn't even record it. It sounds terrible. Yes, there's a very good reason for that. Because there are two different things with the name bit in them when we're recording audio. And they're totally separate from each other. There's the bit depth and the bit rate. So let's see if I can demonstrate this without creating a calamity here. I'm going to do a share screen. I'm going to try to share just Twisted Wave. That's probably not going to work, so I'll just put it over on my second screen and share the entire thing. That will probably work better. There we go. So I make a new file in Twisted Wave. We'll call it a 16-bit depth wave file at 48 kilohertz. Bit are. depth is the resolution of the audio, but you don't see the floating window, do you? No, you see an empty no, window with nothing right. in it. You have to have the whole the whole left uh, right screen in there. Let's do a take two on that. Share screen. Don't make me sing "Girl from Ipanema." <laughs> Hopefully, this works this time. I'm sharing the entire window. I'm going to do a new file. Now, do you see it? No. What the heck? I'm sharing the entire window. At least I thought I was. Well, take three. <laughs> Share screen. Chrome tab, entire screen. Ah, entire screen. Entire screen. This okay. should do it. Hey, it worked great in rehearsal. In rehearsal's crap. <laughs> rehearsal? <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. Um, there's, our, there's our new file creation settings, right? 16-bit. 16-bit is depth of bits. This is how low in volume it can capture before you get to basically minus infinity. How many uh, intervals of bit depth can you get? That's the bit depth value, and it's 16 bits. That's the, the bit depth that is the standard that was established during the days of CDs in the 80s, right? 
Um, it's still used very widely. We've kind of evolved a lot now into 24-bit recording for various reasons, and I recommend recording in 24-bit over 16-bit. So when you're done recording something, you record your voice, and it's all great. You hit play. Recording something, you record your voice, and it's all... Do you hear that? I hear it. It, it sounds great. Mm-hmm. You save it as MP3 for the client, and you go down here and you choose MP3, and you see this number over here, and you're thinking, wait, what's that number supposed to be? And you click and you change it to 16 kilobits per second, okay? What that means is we've taken the, the audio, which was very high quality, and we packed it into the smallest file known to mankind. So, for so an it audio. sounds like it's on the phone. It's crushed <laughs> into a tiny format, and in doing that crushing, the fidelity goes right along with it. So if I save this file, now here's what got her in trouble. And this can happen to you on, on a Audition or really any waveform version editor. Um, let's just call this a uh, 16-bit test. Okay. Now I've saved this recording something. You record your... As a 16-bit MP3. Did everybody see me do that or did I, did I do that so quickly I, I, nobody could see it? <laughs> save, save as, as MP3. Okay, right. 16 kilobits MP3, right? Sounds great, right? Recording something. You record your voice. And sounds it. perfectly fine. So you send it off to the client. And you think everything is good. You did play it back, right? The problem is, is that what's going on in Twisted Wave is it's caching or you're still listening to the temporary file, the wave file, actually, that's on the hard drive. You're actually listening to that. You got to go back you will, and listen to the, the file you're sending. You will not actually hear the results of that compression until you reopen the file. And that's where things went horribly wrong for our dear... Our dear voice actor who went through this process, right? She reopened the file and it sounded a little something like this. Recording, recording something, you record your voice and it's all great. You hit play, recording something. Yeah. Pretty garbled, pretty cruddy, very, very low resolution, right? Got to be careful of that, folks. When you are saving MP3s, the, the number is not 16 bits. The number you're looking at is what's called the bit rate. Higher bit rates capture more data and give you better quality. The minimum that we recommend saving files at is 128 kilobits per second. And here's another news flash. If you've already saved the MP3 at 16 kilobits, you're, you're done. If you didn't save the wave, the destruction is done. It's Oops. done. You can't undo it. You can't, <laughs> you can't upsample it. It's never going to sound better than that file, right? So just be very careful. Know the difference. Make sure you're saving MP3s at at least 128 uh, kilobits per second. Do you send it anything higher than that, Dan, or just 128? I, you know, I send it 128. Uh, I've been, you know, going back and forth at 4,800 kilobits per second with, yeah. uh, uh, as opposed to 41, you know, 44.1 kilohertz. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When you see the, 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 the suffix PS at the end of something, that usually means per second, which is right. a reference to a rate as opposed to just, you know, the how, quality what, of the bits, what, what, the bit the, depth. How, right. How, how much uh, resolution you're giving it. So, uh, right, right. Yeah. So, so I just thought it'd be good to mention that one. Last some, one before something you about go. SD cards. When you cut a brand new micro oh, SD no. card out of the package, I'm nope. saying this as a PSA because I've done it. I had four of these. I cut them all open for a project I'm working on, not mine. So my client bought a bunch. Thankfully, they're really cheap. I think they're $15 for a 128 gig Samsung. These are the best ones you can buy. I just took a, I took a razor knife, a utility knife, and instead of doing what it says on the package, which on this one has a pair of scissors cutting across the top so you can open it. I just took my razor knife and I sliced sort of underneath the card, right? Just sliced it out, put the card in the computer. The computer was like, or the device I was using, it was a camera. Camera's like, I don't see any card, dude. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Is it the camera or is it the card? Because it was a brand new camera. Long story short, the very back of the card is 
just basically paint. There's not a plastic housing on these cards that protects it. So by doing so, I scratched the back of the card with the knife, immediately ruined the memory card. So if you want to destroy a memory card, maybe it's got sensitive data on it. All you got to do is take a knife and score on the back and it's trashed. It will never work again, I don't think. But anyway, there's just a PSA. Be careful when opening your micro SD cards. Okay, Dan, back to you. All right. It's time for my Dan's Basic Basics. You know, George and I get a lot of questions from people saying, you know, what mic should I have? But what's worse is when somebody's like, I'm starting off in VO and I bought this mic. Uh, and because it was expensive. I was going to say, and it's often probably much more than $500. Oh, yes, yes. So g generally, you know, and I'm still trying to figure out who keeps recommending these things. You know, just because someone uses it in their studio doesn't mean you should be using it. There's a reason for that. So I have a little PowerPoint here thing. Then let me share my PowerPoint. Mm. Window. There we go. Boom. All right. Hopefully you can see all those things because it's trying. Yeah. Can you see it's that? It's trying. Right now we're seeing like a little slowly. Oh, there we go. Got okay. it. Okay. All right. Here's one that a lot of, somebody was complaining about this mic the other day. This is the, the Sphere DLX. This is a, a mic that you can model with and all that stuff. If you're a geek and you're someone who likes working with this stuff and playing around with sound, that's great. It's got nothing to do with voiceover. It really doesn't. Uh, but, you know, there can be some utility, but you have... Having the equipment is not the same as knowing how to use it. And in order to do all this mic modeling and stuff like that, you have to know what the other mics sound like. So not a really great idea. And that's, this thing is 1500 bucks. Okay. Then there's this guy, the, the Neumann U87. Oh, this thing makes me sound great. Fine. Every voice is different. Every room is different. You get a mic like this for 3600 bucks, 3700 bucks, it's going to hear everything. And if you're in a, you know, people are setting up home studios in their closets and setting up, you know, PVC booths, which are fabulous if you're in a quiet room. If there is any noise at all, this guy is going to pick it up. That's what you're paying for when you spend $3,695 for a microphone. Or this guy, the TLM-103, very, very popular with voiceover people. It's 1100 bucks. I mean, you can get it for under 1000 But is it a great microphone? Absolutely. Is it something a lot of people use? Yes. However, if you don't know how to use one or why, it's not a really good idea. Then there's this one. The uh, Let me go back there. Boom. 414? Yeah, the 414. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, the, the, the 414. See, now we just have to run through all these again. Okay. Okay. Then this one and this one. Just We're just seeing two slides. That's all we see, I think. That's right. Okay, right. So here's the, the, the AKG C414. This is, this is a mic that is, is legendary. If you watch old Pink Floyd movies, this is what they were using. That and some other some other interesting stuff. Oh, we click on the on your on your screen. Click on the other slide because we're only seeing the four microphone slide right now. That's the one I'm showing you. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the two fourteen. No, Sorry. no, no. I'm still okay. talking about the four fourteen. Gotcha. Thirteen hundred fifteen fourteen hundred bucks. Is it a great mic? Yes. Yeah. But here's the thing about all of these guys: not one of them, in any way, shape, or form will change the way you read copy. I don't get, this is going to make me sound great. I don't think it matters because you can probably get just as good a sound with one of these guys. There's the C214 for, you know, for 500 bucks. It's the same capsule and the same electronics as the 414. It just doesn't have changes in patterns and uh, a pad on it and all that stuff that is important in the environment that a 414 would be used in, which is a professional recording studio that is acoustically sterile and neutral. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike your closet, which is you're going to hear hangers rolling and the air conditioning going on and all those sorts of things. 500 bucks, you can get a mic that sounds just like a 414 because it is a 414 without all the other bells and whistles. And then right. George was talking just before about this guy. This is the four four the, the 214 over here for 479. That's going up in price. If that's 479, that's going up in price a lot. I, that was off of the website of the leading wow. retailer of these things this yeah. afternoon. So wow. how do you like them apples? Mm-hmm. But for $269, I've seen, we've seen it as low as 249 This is the Rode NT1 5th Gen. It does the 32-bit float thing that George was just talking about a little while ago. Uh, it also it will take USB, so it makes a great, quote, road mic. Uh, R-O-A-D. <laughs> yes, yeah, R-O-A-D, exactly. Uh, and it will obviously be very easy to use because you can plug it in USB, run the 32-bit float thing, which is still a whole other discussion. Uh, but the NT1, and it, when George and I checked this out when we were at VO Atlanta, it was like, this sounds even better than the old NT1. It's just clean, crisp. Rode makes a microphone that is very, very quiet. And this is what we've been recommending to a lot of people. If you have an interface, it will also work with an XLR. And, right. uh, but it I also think most people with, are going to use it that way. Yeah, a lot in, of people. In a traditional way. Right. But you have the capability to use it the other way. Yep. And once you understand and learn how that works, this thing, I think, is going to be a... a, a we both think it's a real game changer when it comes to voiceover mics. If you're just starting out and you want a nice mic that is not going to color your voice at all or add any noise or pick up every sound around, including a couple of cockroaches, you know, cowering in the corner, <laughs> that's what you want is one of these. But also really important, if you're using a Rode mic, talk to the gold dot. Do not talk. talk. to the dot talk to them god it's been happening all week that mic is one of the most often mis misaimed or misdirected studio mics it's amazing how often people have that the wrong way yeah i know and 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 it, and it usually it throws us for a second it's like wow what is boy that sounds like crap and then then you're like what side are you are you talking to the logo and they flip it around and like Oh, I mean, because, you know, you talk to the wrong side, you get that. That's what it why sounds do, like. Why are the acoustics so bad? Because you're talking into the Case wrong side of the mic. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, you don't have to have an expensive mic. Don't let anyone convince you that the more expensive mic, it's going to get you more gigs. It's nonsense. What's going to get you more gigs in voiceover is proper training, good acting, improv, and making yourself sound different from everybody else. Not making yourself, highlighting what is different about your voice. That's what sells. It's not the microphone. Mm-hmm. Is it nice to have a nice microphone? Yes. But as I always say, if you're going to drive a Ferrari, you got to have a really nice garage for it. Right. And right. it's you've got to have the right acoustical properties in order to use a professional microphone like this one or the one that George is using. What are you using tonight? Um, this is a, this is the Earthworks ethos, which is definitely falls out of the usual idea of what a studio mic might be. This was really kind of marketed towards the podcast, you know, video person, but I did, I did do a whole video about it and, um, I used it inside a booth for comparison and context. And I was really amazed at how good it sounds as a studio mic, even though it's really not considered one, but that's what. That's what I have right now in front of me. Okay. Price point on that? 360, 369, 379. Right. Like they lowered the price dramatically. This was originally a $699 mic. Wow. So this is one of those rare cases where the mic price went down, way down, actually. Fascinating. Right. Anti inflation. All right. Yeah. Or what we refer to as deflation. <laughs> All righty, we're going to take a break. We're going to answer your questions. You still have time to throw yours in there. If you've got a question about your home voiceover studio equipment or the sound or any of these things, throw it in the chat room right now. We'll get to it right after these important messages. So don't go away. This is Ariana Ratner, and you're enjoying VoiceOver Body Shop with Dan Leonard and George Whittem. VOBS.TV. It's vacation time just about everywhere. For example, 
Here's Australian voiceover pro Andrew Peters on vacation in London recording a commercial with his Portabooth Pro. Why is the Portabooth Pro gaining users worldwide? Well, just listen. Winter's tough. The rain. The wind. The cold. Performers can capture great audio even in acoustically untreated spaces with the Portabooth Pro. Your microphone hears the sound of a human-sized sound booth at a fraction of the size and cost. The Pro accommodates large and long microphones, lengthy scripts, and e-reading devices. The Harlan Hogan Portabooth Pro is lined with Oralex Studio Foam. It's a professional quality sound studio that assembles in less than a minute. And its multi-pocketed carrying case makes it super easy to take your gear and your voice wherever you go. Order your Harlan Hogan Portabooth Pro now. Just $389.99. Only at voiceoveressentials.com. Hey, guys. Sorry, I was multitasking. <laughs> this is uh, our time of the show where we talk about Source Elements, the creators of Source Connect. I won't, I won't drag this on. You guys have been viewers forever. You know what Source Connect does. Connects you to studios around the world. Just get familiar with it. Get comfortable with it. Have it in your arsenal of tools. It will elevate your branding to have Source Connect in your toolbox. Trust me. Um, not like having an expensive microphone will, but having a connection like this that is what the top studios and producers use is a no-brainer. Probably will pay for itself if you get the subscription, the monthly subscription. It'll pay for itself in just the exposure to clients that it gives you because you're now in a database searchable for getting more gigs and you're just going to have the branding and the cachet of having this professional tool doesn't mean it's going to work right out of the box you got to have the right sounding studio that sounds great you do have to have a handle on your noise floor can't just rely on plugins so talk to me if you're thinking about getting source connect talk to us over at george the tech and we'll make sure your audio is what it's supposed to be and where it needs to be so you can be using source connect to bolster your career Anyway, let's get back to the show here after this message right now. Is AI coming for your voiceover career? Is it going to take all of your jobs? Man, do we hear that question a lot. And there's a lot of people that are fearful that the answer to that is yes. Well, I've been working in performance and technology simultaneously throughout my career, beginning in the 70s. And I've seen the incursion of technology, both good and bad. And I want you to have the facts. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put together a course, which I'm going to give away for free. I'm aiming for mid-August or so, talking about synthetic voices and what they mean to your future and your success. So it'll be at VOHeroes.com. Um, I'll give you details as soon as we're ready to go. I'm David H. Lawrence, the 17th. I thank you so much for watching and for listening to VOBS. And stand by. We'll get that course to you very soon. Hi, this is Bill Farmer, and you are watching Voice Over Body Shop. It's great. All right, we're back. This is George and I's favorite part of what we do every other week when we record this show. And that is your questions. If you got a question, throw it in the chat room. We got a few in here, and we're going to run through them and give you the right answers. At least we think they are. <laughs> then again, you never know. Uh, starting with Art Needle, who's watching us on YouTube, looking at gear options for a home studio like the SSL2 interface. Audacity is not comp compatible, needs an ASIO. Is that necessarily true? Any recommendations for Reaper courses for dummies that are VO-specific, not music? Yes, don't use Reaper. <laughs> Reaper is not for dummies. No, to it be is completely not. frank. Nor, nor is Reaper. it really for voiceover. Reaper, we, we have an entire course on using Reaper for VO at georgethe.tech. Four hours long. Um, it's a lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it's a lot. I mean, if you love customization and you're a bit of a geek at heart and you like getting under the hood and making things work the way you want them to work, you're going to love Reaper. If you like tools that are ready to do voiceover work out of the box with minimal configuration, you will not like Reaper at all. 
So I'm just giving you that straight up. But if you want to learn it, we've got really good content on how to get Reaper up and running. Right. But the thing is about Reaper, it, it does not have a good workflow for voiceover. Not it without really, a lot of work to yeah, get it set up to exactly. do it. Exactly. Right. And there are other software platforms you can use. You don't have to set up like that. Things right. like, well, Twisted Wave, which I understand now has a PC version, since clearly Art is using a PC because it says it needs a, ASIO. An, an ASIO driver. Right. Uh, so if My, you really, Go ahead. I don't know about the whole needing ASIO to use an SSL2 interface, I think. I My understanding is that the SSL2 is what they call a class-compliant USB device. Mm -hmm. which should mean that if you plug it into your Windows PC, the Windows will say, oh, there's a stereo USB interface. I know what it is. Let me set that up using my magic Windows multimedia sound drivers so it will just start to magically work in Zoom and Audacity. I think it will do that. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily have to have ASIO compatible stuff or you don't necessarily have to use something other than Audacity. It's the more complex audio interfaces with multiple channels, a console, a control panel, that kind of thing where um, you absolutely have to use their proprietary driver and software and ASIO. If anybody can confirm that, please let me know. If you're using an, AS, if you're using an SSL2 on your Windows PC with Audacity, let us know. Put it in the yeah. chat down below. We'll, yeah. I'm, getting a, I'm getting a lot of people saying, I'm using Reaper. It's like the majority of people, I'm using Reaper. Who is telling people that this is a great piece of software for voiceover unless you actually know what it does and how it does it and when you should use it? There's, you, you don't need that kind of sophistication, especially if you're just starting out. You don't learn how to drive you know, a, a sports car, here we are with the sports car analysis again, until you really know how to drive. You know, It could be a little <laughs> scary that way. Or... You don't learn how to build the car that you're going to drive either if you're a <laughs> you normal person. <laughs> some people, there are some weird ones that are out there might be like, oh, I won't drive it until I, until I build it. Okay, well, good for you. But the, the normal world is you go and buy a car that already runs. And, you know, this DAW is, uh, can be built into something powerful, but it takes a lot of time and patience and learning curve to do it. Wouldn't it be just nice if you just turned on your computer, hit record, and went? I I think if you're a voice actor, that's what you should be looking for. If you are someone that does some very specific parts of like e-learning, or maybe you're working in a very specific industry that has a particular need for the capabilities of Reaper, then that's a unique outlier situation. The vast majority of actors need just clean audio with a very easy to use interface. I totally agree. And I hate the monochrome VU meter. Uh, something that is a real problem with, to me with, with you know, with Reaper, because mm-hmm. I'm trying to teach people proper modulation and green, yellow, red, green, real. And it all has is green. I suppose you yeah. can change the color, but you can't change. It's all still monochrome. It's not obvious. It is. Not. <laughs> That's the problem. It's just another one of the things that's just not obvious. If you can okay. do it, it's just not clear. Next question from Ray Valdovinos. I'll hey. bet you I pronounced that right. Uh, if you generally keep your, if you generally keep your computer on all the time, would you suggest turning off the interface's phantom power to the microphone when not recording? I don't think I would bother. I don't. This phantom power has been on this thing for months and it still works. You're not going to, it's designed to take phantom power. That's what it does. And it can do it forever. It's not going to burn out unless you have a tube in there. And uh, yeah. Yeah, this mic it's doesn't a, have a tube. It's a very, very small amount of power, like very, very small amount of current. So it's doing very, very little to, little to the microphone. There's almost zero heat involved. I don't think there is any heat that comes from it because of the power level. No, it's still cold. It's not, dra- it's not <laughs> draining power off, your, off the grid or off your, adding power to the power bill that you can measure. So, yeah. I, I don't bother. I don't worry about it. I leave mine on essentially all the time. <laughs> right. Does that mean you leave your computer on all the time? I essentially leave my computer on all the time. I shut it down when I have an issue. If something is acting up or acting funky, then I do a total shutdown, restart, bring it back up again, and get back to work. 
if I was disciplined, I would probably shut it off on Friday, turn it back on Monday morning, and just leave it on all week. But I don't. <laughs> I should, but I don't. I, I leave I, it on all the time. I turn off the monitors. I have a master switch that shuts off my speakers, the monitors, the lights, you know, one switch. But the computer stays on, you know, keeps right on running. Depends on how paranoid I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> when, I, when I leave the studio at night, I'm like, are there Russians listening in? Hmm, you know, I mean, if your computer's it on, it can be accessed. If it's off, it can't. So that's a good well, point. Yeah. So, no, mm-hmm. it's not going to affect your microphone at all. Uh, you get a question from Jeff. All right, Jeff. Continuing the story, Jeff, do you want to, uh, yeah, he can actually ask and... the question himself. Yeah. Why not? There he hey is. there. Hey, hey buddy. Jeff. How's it going? Good okay. Man. So, uh, I spoke to ATS and they said that I can hang the cotton batting directly on my wall. Just put some nails directly, uh, through the batting, through the wall. Uh, and my question to you guys is, is there any kind of like metallic composition for nails that would make it any less reflective or, you know, reverberant? Unless you're using really, really big nails with really big heads on them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, There's such a small cross-section. Like there, when the sound's hitting that cotton, you know, the, the nail cross-section or surface area, is so minuscule compared to the huge surface area of the um, cotton and stuff. Okay. Not a concern. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry yeah. about it. Like you're not going to use a hundred nails. Please don't use a hundred nails. <laughs> just just use maybe five or ten, whatever it takes to get to hang it up so it doesn't sag too much and kind of stays in the shape you want it to be in. It's not all that different from hanging a blanket on the wall, really. Um, and uh, you'll be fine. I wouldn't yeah. worry about it at all. I, yeah. And I just use like a, I don't know if a 10 penny finishing nail makes any sense, whatever. I can't remember what a 10 penny nail is, but a finishing nail is what I usually use. It just has the very small nail head and a finishing nail. Great. Yeah. Finishing nails yeah. don't have a big flange flare head. They just have a tiny head. That's the kind of nail that can be finished. Like it's used for floorboards or wood trim you know when you put the nail in the head disappears below the face of the wood yeah so i use those because um you can like put a few nails up in the wall and just literally hang the cotton on it you just put it right onto the nails you know cool i i had i I had to install a studio last week with a bunch of orlex foam and it was a you know a closet with a with a bare wall Mm-hmm. And I had these big pieces of Oralex. I used roofing nails because mm-hmm. that held it really, really clean. And as long as you pound it into the foam, you can't see it anyway. And it's not, you know, Oralex is going to absorb and deflect it anyway. Yeah, the Oralex so, will, the head of the nail will kind of sink below the yeah, surface. Even it if holds it really, nail. really tight. So, yeah. yeah, but a nail head that, that's that big you're going to need a sledgehammer for anyway. And I, <laughs> if it's that big. <laughs> I, I, yeah, you don't really want to use it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I okay. think the finishing nails work great. It's, uh, they're easy to remove later. They, 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 you can hang it. You can put the nails up, then hang it on the nails. You know, it's, it's very, instead of like holding the, holding the material in place with your arm and then holding one nail and then putting it in place, just, just put a few nails up on the wall and just stick it right on there. It'll, it'll, it'll oh, I fine. see. Because there's no head, it'll just go right, right on. Yeah, it's not going to hold it up to the wall like very tightly. Like you can take it down easily, um, but um, it'll hold it fine. I mean, if it falls cool. off the wall, it's not going to hurt anybody. <laughs> so, you know, all right, awesome. Nice thing. Yeah, thank you. Sure. All right, thanks, Jeff. Thank all righty. Next question we have is from Maurice A. Scott. I guess that separates him from the rest of the Maurice Scotts. (laughs) Um, Anyway, what audio interfaces would you suggest for traveling to use with Mac iOS devices? Well, there's a few. Mac or iOS devices, okay. Yeah, well, with a Mac, I mean, almost any interface. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, As long as it's small and portable or a good a good USB mic, like we were just saying, the uh, the Rode NT NT one fifth Gen would probably make a really nice travel mic. Mm-hmm. Um, you just gotta set it up right. 
And mm-hmm. again, you know, when, you, when you're traveling, one, you're not going to be able to reproduce the sound you have in your home studio. You can do auditions uh, on the road. You can do once, you know, one and done productions, like if you, you know, a 30-second commercial or something like that. And it's only going to be on that mic because the difference in sound between wherever you are and where you normally record is going to be very, very different. So yep. get that out of your head that you've got to try to recreate the sound that you have at home. It can't be done. So it's when tough. you're doing stuff on the road, you know, you, you're going to be using different stuff. Some people bring the same mic on the road, but the acoustics are going to be totally wrong. I would but, definitely not attempt to try to pick up a project. Oh, no. Midway. Like, you know, it's just like, I'm going to keep working on that same audio book while I'm on the road. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even dream of attempting that. That yeah. would be a bad idea. Well, but, you probably um, remember 12 years ago when I had that bad infected toe as we were trying to get this show yeah. off the ground. Yeah. And I, you know, I had my iPad while I'm sitting there in the hospital for three days. And they were like, can you insert this word? And I'm like, maybe. <laughs> but I did it yeah. on my iPad and like one word and if I knew can, how to futz with it. But Right, right. But a word a, or a single, a single line, if you really know what you're doing, right. you can probably fit that in or edit it in. But yeah, it is absolutely not something to become normalized. Um, or normalized, or something that you want to make a use of on a regular basis. Right. Um, I would but, say, uh, you know, for traveling, you know, I focus on things that are obviously ultra portable. But I would, I, I do like the use of shotgun mics for traveling because they do focus in on the voice better. Um, you know, the AT twenty twenty. No, sorry, the AT eight seventy five R. This one here, eight seventy five R. Under $200, plug it into a USB interface and you have an excellent travel mic. Um, the MicPort Pro 3 is an excellent travel audio interface, yep. especially if you want to plug it into an iPhone because it has a battery and a battery is required to power the microphone's electronics and the headphone amp and everything else because the iPhone doesn't have the juice or the support to power all that stuff. So you need a battery-powered unit. So if you're really wanting to record a pro mic into an iPhone or iOS device, you need something like that. It has to have power to, to work. Yeah. But don't do it on the road. I mean, there are people that have to do it on the road. If you're just starting out, this is another one of those things like, because they hear people talking about, well, I can record on the road. When you're just starting out, you think you have to do that. Right. Really, you only ha- the only reason you would record on the road if you're just starting out is if you're doing auditions and just l- let people know that this is not what your normal studio sounds like. So you're not really doing yourself any favors trying to record on the road. Unless it's not you're- a good first impression thing. No, it's not. So It's a good a customer accommodation where you get, a, you get somebody like an agent or whatever saying, can you just get it recorded? I know it's not going to be great, but they just need to hear you. That's a different story. If you're making a first impression with a new client or some, something from the internet, not a good idea. No. So don't, you, you can record on the road. People who do it are very good at it and have lots of practice. It is not something you have to learn right off the top. It's the black belt of audio recording. Yeah, it's the black belt with a, couple of, <laughs> with a couple of slashes on it. Anyway, I'll let you read this last one here. All right. This one's for Dan <laughs> yeah. from Bettina. A few months ago, she says, Dan is great. A few months ago, he helped me put together my studio and helped me with Adobe Audition. I'm not very savvy with technology, and he made it less scary. Here's a nice testimonial. Thank you. You know something? People are totally intimidated by all this stuff because they hear the word computer and program and and stuff like that. And bit rate. And, yeah, and, and kilobytes per second and all these other things. Uh... It's not really that hard. And if you talk to one of us, George or I, we will put you at ease. It's amazing. There's nothing more that makes me happier than when I finish a session with a client and you see them literally go, oh, (laughs) because they've been, if you've been on YouTube, if you've been on Facebook, if you've been asking these questions, you're getting all this different information from different people who 
whose vast experience in home studios is in one studio, their own. Right. Uh, not, you call that the eureka moment? Yes. When they go, oh. oh. <laughs> yes. you know, but also just the relief of getting that boulder off of their shoulders yeah. and being so intimidated by it. And mm -hmm. uh, I really enjoy that. And we, we make it very, very simple. Yeah. All righty. Thanks for all your questions. Excellent. I hope we gave you really good answers. I think we did. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to take a quick break here, and George and I will be right back to wrap things up for another week here at VoiceOver Body Shop Tech Talk. We'll be right back. This is the Latin lover narrator from Jane the Virgin, Anthony Mendez, and you're enjoying Dan and George on the VoiceOver Body Shop. Your dynamic voiceover career requires extra resources to keep moving ahead. There's one place where you can explore everything the voiceover industry has to offer. That place is voiceoverextra.com. Whether you're just exploring a voiceover career or a seasoned veteran ready to reach that next professional level, stay in touch with market trends, coaching, products, and services while avoiding scams and other pitfalls. VoiceOver Extra has hundreds of articles, free resources, and training that will save you time and help you succeed. Learn from the most respected talents, coaches, and industry insiders when you join the online sessions, bringing you the most current information on topics like audiobooks, auditioning, home studio setup, and equipment, marketing, performance techniques, and much more. It's time to hit your one-stop daily resource for voiceover success. Sign up for a free subscription to newsletters and reports. It's all here at voiceoverextra.com. That's voiceoverxtra.com. All right, it's time for me to talk about voiceactor.com. I just scared the crap out of our director. Uh, anyway, voiceactor.com. These guys right here voiceactor.com what do they do they have templated websites everybody's intimidated by having to have a website for your 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 voiceover career you have to have one you've got to have a footprint on the internet you've got to have a calling card and it's all digital and it's got to be your website does your website have to make a great impression yeah pretty much but what is it that's going to make a great impression it's going to be easy to use it's not going to be like all these different menus to listen to different demos and stuff like that it's simple your name your demos and your contact information with a nice background voiceactor.com has templated websites so you can go in there and go oh i like the way that one looks add your picture or whatever it is your logo that sort of thing, your contact information, it's a real easy menu, and you can start off for nothing and get your website up in as little as like 20 minutes, as opposed to six weeks that your average uh, webmaster is going to take to put things into your website. It's real easy. Um, afterwards, it's $20 a month for you to be on the internet with your own URL and all those things, and of course, all the maintenance that they provided, voiceactor.com. So go on over to voiceactor.com. There they are right there. And get your templated website put together right now. We are the World Voices Organization. Also, also known, known as, as Wovo. We're the not-for-profit industry association of freelance voice talent. VoiceOver is a complex entrepreneurial business. Wovo is there to promote the professional nature of voice work to the public, to those already established in their voiceover practice, and to those who want to pursue voiceover as a career. Membership benefits include a supportive and creative community, community. a profile and demos on voiceover.biz, our searchable directory of vetted professional voice talent, our exclusive demo player for your personal website. Our mentoring program, business resources, and our video library. Our annual WovoCon conference, a fun and educational weekend with other members with the a chance, chance to learn and, and network. network. Webinars and great speakers and weekly social chats with other members around the world. If your world is voiceover, make Wovo part of it. World Voices Organization. We, we speak, speak for those who speak, speak for a living. living. This is Bill Ratner, and you're enjoying Voice Over Body Shop with Dan Leonard and George Whittem. VOBS.TV. All right, we're back. You know, if you're, uh, you know, if you watch our show in replay, you know, every other Monday night we record 
you know, we record an interview that we run all week, and then next week we run Tech Talk. But we all, on the Monday nights that we do it, every other Monday night, you can join us live like you are right now if you're mm -hmm. watching us live. And it gives you, it gets you put front of the line if you got a question. Of course, you can always write in your question and watch the show later on at your leisure, which is just fine and dandy. But we like having a live audience, so see if you can make it in here when you, uh, you get notification that we're going to be on. Anyway, next week on this very show, we'll have another guest. And we'll be talking about something absolutely fascinating. And we'll tell you about it when we find out who that guest is going to be. <laughs> because we're asking a lot of people and, you know, we're getting them all organized. Everybody's in France. Why are they all in France? Because they're, I don't know, everybody's they're avoiding the, the picket lines in Hollywood. Well, maybe that's it. They're like, well, now that I don't have to work, I'm going to France. Yeah. And of course, uh, of course we, with Portugal. Right. And, of course, we send out our support to all our friends who are on strike there with, uh, with SAG-AFTRA. And uh, because, you know, as long as they're working, we're working. Which right. Stay strong, you guys. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. We need to talk to our, our thank our donors of the week, uh, like Greg Cooper. Grace Newton. Christopher Epperson, Robert Leadham, Stephen Chandler, Casey Clack, Jonathan Grant, Thomason, Thomason Pinto, Tom, Thomason Pinto. You Thomason, mean Tom Pinto? Jonathan Grant, Thomason Pinto, Gregorin <laughs> Thomas, <laughs> Doctor Voice, oh, Alien Productions, Martha Kahn, Nine Four Nine Designs, Sarah Borges, Philip Sapir, Brian Page, Rob Ryder, Shauna Pentington Baird. Don Griffith, Trey Mosley, yay Trey, Dana Birdsall, Maria Marcus, and, and Sandra Manwiller. Yeah, you can donate to the show if you feel you're getting some value from us every week. There's a if you go to our 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 vobs.tv page, there's a little tab there that says donate, and yep. you can you can send us whatever you want to send us as little as twenty five dollars one a time. Day. You can send a hundred dollars a month. We'll take it. We, we will not complain. <laughs> but trust me, you're getting more value than that just by watching this show every week, which is yeah. which is good. Um, we need to plug ourselves because, by the way, this show is about shameless promotion, uh, especially for George's in my business. So, if you need help with your home voiceover studio and you want to talk to us personally, one on one, get it sounding the way you want, you can join me over at homevoiceoverstudio.com and George has his legendary multifaceted website which is georgethe.tech or georgethetech.com if that still messes with your head either one will work come on over and see us and by the way the show about shameless promotion this must have been the first night in a long time where the guest <laughs> on wasn't the prior anything. segment had absolutely <laughs> nothing to promote and not only that doesn't want you to know who he is or how to find him yeah <laughs> so that was a different kind of a guest <laughs> for us <laughs> uh, anyway yeah uh, and if you want to if you want to find some deals head over to george the dot tech slash vobs <laughs> that's the landing page and i'll i'll put promotions up there for just you our fans thank you oh. Alrighty. Well, we need to thank our sponsors. Without this show, would not be possible. Would have ended eleven and a half years ago. Yeah, probably. This, this is this, this isn't paying for itself anyway. Uh, Harlan Hogan's Voiceover Essentials. Voiceover Extra. Uh, voice elements. I know. I, I'm just half. Of, I'm off the page. Source Elements. <laughs> Vioheroes.com. Uh, voiceactor.com and, and worldvoices.org, the industry association of freelance voice talent. Uh, join today. We got lots of great stuff for you. Uh, big thanks to Jeff Holman in the chat room tonight, uh, getting all those questions to us and all those comments, which was great. Sue Merlino hanging out there in her place, just pushing buttons and making us do all sorts of funny things like single shots and double shots and triple shots. And, and switching our positions. Switching, oh, no, 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 no. And putting up putting up the, the, the bottom thirds and all that. So we really appreciate that, Sue. And, of course, Lee Penny, just for being Lee Penny. Look, guys, we know this is not an easy business, especially right now with so many people getting in it. What's going to make you different? What's going to – what's going to – what is your competitive point of difference? What's mm -hmm. going to make you unique? Mm -hmm. uh, having really good sound – 
is really important because it will allow people to highlight that what is different about you. And it won't be because they can't hear you because your audio is not very good. Right. But the bottom line really is, if it sounds good. It is good. I'm Dan Leonard. And I'm George Whittem. And this is VoiceOver. Body Shop. Or V-O-B-S. Tech Talk. Tech Talk. Tech Talk. Tech Talk. Tech Talk. Tech Talk. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.